Dan Feldheim, Watertown's own, is joining us to relive some of the great days in Jackrabbit football lore. Dan, first and foremost, how are you these days? I'm great, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Uh, good to catch up with you. Um, obviously excited about what's been going on around Brookings on the football field the last few years. And, uh, you know, was honored to be a part of some of that tradition. But uh, I'm showing my age here. I, I, this was uh, 20 years ago officially this year since i last uh got to put on a jackrabbit helmet so uh getting a little long in the tooth over here but uh, (laughs) at the same time excited to see how the program has progressed over the past you know 20 years and and, and even longer than that well i want to get into that with you i want to go back because being in watertown you know less than an hour of course from brookings you had a chance to watch this program during the 1990s during the mike daly era into the john stigelmeyer era what do you remember about jackrabbit football growing up so the first kind of taste i got of it was when mike daly would come up to the high school football camps in watertown um when i was growing up and i started going those in like seventh grade and daily would come up for a day and say hi introduce himself and you'd get uh you'd get jim heinitz from augie and, and a couple other of the local coaches would come up and say hi and just check in with you know i'm sure did, did a little recruiting up there during the days and and after uh, he would come up for a few times you know i remember being about eighth ninth grade saying dad we should go down to brookings and uh, let's go check out a, a jackrabbit football game and uh so we did and and uh you know tried to hit up at least one a year you know throughout the high school years and whatnot and just seeing that atmosphere and and frankly that intensity uh that we, we were able to get pretty good seats most of the time and and you know these guys are obviously monsters compared to to me and and the high school kids I hung around with so you just looked and you're like wow look at how big and you just kind of had a it was a bit of an eye-opener a little bit but you know getting to see that and then as your high school career progresses you you think that that may be an opportunity and that kind of gives you some drive to to strive for that and uh you know hopefully get that opportunity someday and was fortunate enough to have that and uh wouldn't have changed it for the world. My experience in Brookings was, was uh, second to none. You talked about wanting that opportunity. Who was the one that actually gave you the scholarship offer? Well, it was actually Coach Stiglmeyer and uh, a little bit of my, my story. I, I got hurt my senior year in high school, and uh, I didn't have um, an off- athletic opportunity right out of the chute as far as the scholarship went. Uh, fortunately, I had some decent grades in high school, and I was able to uh, get a little academic money. Um, I will will throw the caveat out there that I think Coach Stig was was able to help out with some of that as far as, hey, I've got an opportunity for a guy. He doesn't have a, an athletic scholarship opportunity, but he does have really good grades and wants to be in the engineering program. And, and if he meets your criteria, you know, could you help out? So, um, And that was back in the days when I think we probably only had about – what 36 scholarships at that time yeah um so there wasn't uh it was a different world well yeah and i don't know of any of the guys that i came in with as a freshman that were on full rides or anything like that um i think if a guy got you know 50 percent or something like that coming out of the shoot as a freshman that was a that was a pretty big offer because um as my you know career progressed and once i was able to 
<clears throat> be the starter my junior year well then yeah then I then I did get a full ride right and I think coach Stig did a nice job of managing those dollars that were available and you know he, he would take care of the guys that have been there and put in their time and um do that but um yeah obviously coach Stig he was uh he started his first year as head coach was my senior year in high school so um when I showed up on campus he was just starting year two what was it like to play for him and then subsequently watch how all this has developed <laughs> under his watch? Well, I, first of all, I don't think he gets enough credit, Tyler. Um, you know, for how, you know, he was very fair when I was playing, and I'm sure that has not changed throughout the course of his tenure there. Um, you know, the best guy played, um, there weren't any politics. There weren't any, um, you know, uh, favorites, so to speak. Um, whoever, whoever was the right man for the for the position for the job got to play, and I, and I and I always respected that about him. Um, you know, as things have progressed, you know, if if, I, if you and I were having a cup of coffee ten years ago, and I said, "Hey, Tyler, we're going to have a twenty thousand seat stadium. We're going to." Um, make the playoffs this year in one double a and we're not going to miss it for the next 10 years um we're going to be in the national semifinals three out of four years towards the end of this run and we're going to be 15 seconds away from winning the national championship on a game where our quarterback gets hurt and we just grinded it out and there was an hour and a half lightning delay or whatever if i told you all those things 10 years ago i think you'd sign up for that just say where do i sign up dan yeah exactly so you look at how you know things have progressed throughout the year i i mean let's be honest there's probably only one one school at the fcs level that wouldn't trade places with us right now and we've been able to beat that school up north here pretty consistently the last few years so I, I mean if when you when you just take a look at the program as a whole and yeah I know people and I know the fans are passionate and they want to get that title and we we were so close and it, it was on the tip of our tongue but you know we're just at the program as a whole and and I think a lot of that goes to coach Stig because when you get to a level like we did or we are at, you're going to have some turnover in your coaching staff because success is going to give your assistants more opportunities. And the fact that, you know, you've got Coach Stig and also, you know, our athletic director, Justin Sell, you look at those two guys as being the top, you know, leadership of the football program. I'm sure those guys have had really good opportunities come across their desk to leave South Dakota State. I mean, that that's just in the nature of college athletics, right? You show that success, you're going to have people knocking on your door. So the fact that we've had that consistency at the top, even with a lot of turnover, because college football coaching is a grind, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, unless you're Deion Sanders or somebody like that, you don't just start out as a head coach. I mean, you go through and you do the grind and you're the grad assistant and you're the guy that gets off the plane or the bus when I play. <laughs> and you're the guy that gets back late on 
Saturday night, Sunday morning, and you're you're in there cutting tape at 3 a.m. so everybody can watch it the next day. Um, so to go up and have that grind, and you can't fault any of these coaches that we've had move on to better opportunities because that's just the nature of, of, of college football coach, right? Um, if things are going the right way, you're probably only in a spot for two, three years, and, and hopefully you have success and get another opportunity. So I, I bring all that up because it's kind of solidify the point that, you know, Coach Stig has been able to manage that kind of somewhat constant change in the coaching staff, and I, I, don't, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. That's not easy. I mean, I, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but if you looked at the coaching staff from even like four or five years ago, to what it is today I, I bet you there's there's a lot of new faces on that team picture <laughs> it's a nomadic lifestyle there's no question about that Dan uh, I want to ask about just some of the guys that you had the chance to play with you know we talked about Stig a little bit but how about some of your teammates and of course the first name that always comes to mind and you got to have the best seat in the house during your junior year his final year in yellow and blue is the uh, the man who would become nicknamed the little ball of hate when he arrived in the <laughs> CFL, Josh Ronick? Yeah, it was it was a great opportunity to play with Josh. You know, Josh kind of had a, a unique circumstance where he redshirted his first year, mm-hmm. and then he was as a redshirt freshman the starting running back, and then he broke his foot early and got a medical. So Josh was a third year freshman. Um, uh, and well, I was a, a, a first year freshman or during my redshirt year, I should say. So by the time Josh was uh, eligibility wise, a senior, I was a junior and, and had the opportunity to, to play with him. And just the, um, the effort that that guy gave was second to none. You know, you, you think about when we would get the weekly awards, um, for, for the team, right. You'd have offensive player of the week, defensive player of the week, special teams player of the week, you know, all those things. And then, then Coach Stig always gave an effort award. Mm-hmm. I, I bet Josh won that seven, eight, eight of the 11 <laughs> games we played that year, you know? And I mean, I, that's just, for a guy to be of his, you know, ability, but yet to be, to work that hard. And, and Josh always had a chip on his shoulder. And I think that was a thing that, you know, he was always too short, right? Here, he wasn't fast enough, or you know, he had heard those things forever. And honestly, it's just the motivation that that gave him to be, you know, successful. And, and the other thing too, Josh is just a great, great guy. Like he, he would take the younger kids under his wing. You know, Scott Nedbed, who I graduated with and played against in high school in a state championship game. Scotty was a heck of a back too, but you know. He, Josh would help Scott along and teach him everything he knew and, and so those guys is kind of a one-two combo and then Scotty got to take over our senior year as, as the feature back but um, you know guys like 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 Josh are, are <laughs> they don't come along very long and, uh, or all the time and uh, it was just a great opportunity to play with him um, but, but, but a lot of older guys too uh know some guys with NFL success right Steve Hyden mm-hmm. you know Steve was a senior when I showed up and I remember seeing that guy on the practice field my first uh, step out there and I said oh, yeah that looks a little bit different than the tight end I was used to throwing to in high school <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you know guys like that that were just uh, you know I never really played with Steve but you know I could 
I can name a, a hundred of the guys that, you know, I've influenced and impact my, you know, relationship and, and friendships with them and got a chance to go to the game in Iowa, uh, here a couple of weeks ago and, uh, ran into some of the guys, you know, before the game and, and, uh, you know, night before and whatnot and catch up with them and, and just, uh, it's those type of, of lifelong relationships that I think you can ask any guy, you know, especially my age, you know, do you miss, uh, do you miss kickoff on Saturday? Well, I absolutely, I do. Um, I don't know if I miss all the, the prep time and the, and, and the thing you had to go through the a little easier getting up on Sunday mornings these days, well, isn't it? Yeah, the, and the, well, the 6am workouts too on uh, Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays, those, those aren't exactly a chore or a treat, I should say, but, uh, more of a chore, but, but those things that you have to do, um, you know, are, are, are things that, you know, you have to do them in order to be successful and if, if you want to compete. So it, that's just part of the, uh, the business, but, um, yeah, you miss kickoff, you miss competing in the games, but you also just miss hanging out with the guys after practice. I always <laughs> found it funny. We, we'd get done with practice or I don't know, sometime around six o'clock and then we'd all head back over to the, to the commons of the cafeteria and all go hit lunch or a uh, dinner rather. And, we'd be the last ones in there and, and um, you, you'd see all these gigantic young men with just ice packs all over their body. And then whenever we'd go turn our tray in, we'd have all these plastic ice packs that we'd put on top of whatever we ate for our food. And I'm sure the lunch staff was really pleased with all that, but um, <laughs> it, it was just always funny. And we'd always have, you know, you have guys that, you know, didn't play ball on your, uh, on your floor or whatnot. And they're like, okay, remind me when you guys get into the cafeteria after practice because I need to eat before that because there won't be any food left after you guys come through. So, <laughs> But those type of things, those experiences that you get to know each other and um, you know, this guy's from somewhere in Minnesota and this one's from Colorado and this one's from Florida. I mean, you're never going to get that opportunity again in your life to really build a relationship from guys that frankly might be from a completely different world than you are. And you mention the players that you were teammates with, but the relationships go so much further than that. And the great example of that, of course, is what happened last week, of course, the JFPA coming together and and, uh, presenting uh, the 2022 team with brand-new white helmets that were unveiled uh, for last Saturday for the Dairy Drive. It's that type of relationship that just goes beyond the years, beyond the decades, that former players invest in and give back to the current players. I mean, that doesn't happen everywhere. No. And, and, and Ryan McKnight has done an incredible job uh, with the JFPA group. Um, You know, Ryan's a guy I never played with, but yet I see him at the Friday nights at the get together before the Iowa game. And I talked to him for probably being near an hour, you know, just because we've, forged that relationship with the JFPA, um, you know, guys like Alex Parker, who I never played with, but yet every time I see Alex at an event and obviously he's done some, some stuff with the media there and in, 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 for the rabbits and, and, you know, so guys that may be younger guys are older that I didn't play with, but they're part of the, um, the JFP organization. It's just, it's just a really nice feeling to be able to get back and do some of the things because I think sometimes when you're in the heat of it, and you can complain about, 
you know, the, the, this facility wasn't as nice when we played or this and that. I mean, that, that stuff takes time and it takes a lot of commitment, you know, financially um, and, and a lot of people moving in the same direction. So, um, but kind of the JFPA's, you know, main focus to, um, you know, be able to do something and give back and have fundraising opportunities with our golf tournament and things like that. It, it, it's, it's fun to be a part of something like that. All right, Dan, before I turn you loose, uh, what's keeping you busy these days? What's the current residence? Give us uh, uh, the the sketch of life now in the eyes of Dan Feldheim. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, in Sioux Falls, I've uh, been back here. Uh, I was with uh, Dactronics uh, working for them in Texas. Uh, moved back here about eight, nine years ago uh, to be kind of closer to the family and whatnot. Um, but uh, recently, just... Uh, accepted a, a new position in, in the sports world working for a company called Dant Clayton that focuses on stadium construction and and bleachers and seating systems and stuff like that so uh, just started that opportunity a few weeks ago um, you know had been at Dactronics almost 20 years and talk about a gut-wrenching decision trying to leave a great company like Dactronics and and uh, to you know to, to go kind of venture out to a new opportunity but thought it was time to maybe give something like that a shot um so that's been a bit of a a new phase for me here lately um just trying to get my my feet on the ground with this new company and uh start to do a similar role that i had at dactronics but uh, just kind of a little different product a little different area of the country so um so that's been a, a exciting and and yet terrifying change here recently <laughs> but uh got uh got got one kiddo my daughter Nala. she'll uh she'll hit the big uh teenage years here wow. uh later this year uh seventh grader that uh she does really good at school and she's into everything i think she had uh choir practice this morning before school she'll have volleyball practice after school so she stays busy with a lot of those activities but uh hopefully um you know we'll be able to sneak up to a few Jackrabbit games this year when she's got a, a free Saturday. It's, it's it's her schedule that I'm working around now, Tyler. <laughs> not not my own. Of course. But, uh, but uh, no, so that's uh, she's been doing really great and, and uh, just had a fun time watching her grow up and and hope to continue to do that. Obviously through her high school years and beyond. So that's uh, that's what's keeping me busy lately, man. Well, I tell you what, uh, most people probably don't even realize this, but it was some 25 years ago that you were coaching baseball and I was playing baseball for uh, another team, the Pier Watertown VFW Battles, and, and here we are yucking it up on a Saturday on the radio. It's uh, it's no, pretty cool. No, that's fun. That was, uh, you know, I played baseball in high school and, and uh, really enjoy that sport as well. Obviously, football was my first passion, but as a summer job, able to coach uh, you know some of those kids back in while I was going back to Watertown yet for those summers and you know fun fun story I mean Ryan Berry yeah who was a who was a jackrabbit great um, I, I was able to coach him one year on my teener 13 and 14 year old baseball team so um, just kind of fun to be able to say yeah I helped you know coach Ryan a little bit in baseball I don't know if I taught anything on the football field but I, I was gonna say that. he overcame all of that to be a success story Dan <laughs> yeah exactly it was a hurdle he had to he had to jump <laughs> over but uh no Ryan obviously a great competitor and, and, and great player and leader for the Jacks so it's fun to say yeah you got it to, to spend a summer with with him as a young uh, man growing up and, and and things like that so that's that's a good memory you bring up 
Well, Dan, it's uh, always good to catch up. Glad you're doing well and uh, best of luck down the road. We'll see you up at uh, one of the games here very soon, I'm sure. Absolutely, Tyler. I appreciate you having me on, man.